Welcome to the newsroom. I'm Ben Shockman. And I'm Kelly Knoyer. Earlier this week, we held a candidate forum at CFCC's Union Station for all the candidates for New Hanover County Commission. I helped moderate it alongside WECT's Michael Pratz and Port City Daily's Alexandra Sands. And of course, WECT's John Evans was the host for the evening. And on today's show, we'll bring you the highlights from this forum with comments from each of the seven candidates. Two from each party will move forward to the general election in November. And just who those people are will be decided on May 17th, primary election day. That's right. So let's get into it. We'll start with a Republican because there are four Republican candidates to the Democrats' three. Both seats up for re-election are held by Democrats, so the Republican primary is an open field. And just a note here, every candidate got different questions during the forum because they all have emphasized different things in their campaigns. And we kept that kind of variety during the audience question section as well, just because variety is the spice of life. It is. All right. So let's start with Joe Irera. He's a Marine Corps veteran who was in for 30 years, and he spoke about that in his opening remarks. And one of the things that I was taught, learned, and actually uh, did in the Marine Corps and lived by was the core values. And those are honor, courage, and commitment. And when I say honor, some of you have heard me talk about this before, honor means integrity. When I talk about courage, it's not just physical courage. I did serve two tours in Iraq and a tour in Afghanistan, but it's also moral courage, being able to do what's right in the face of adversity, and then commitment. And what I mean by commitment is doing the job, finishing the job, and leading by example. Irera is consistent in talking about fiscal responsibility as well, and has specifically said not every initiative needs to be funded. So we asked him what initiatives are on the chopping block. The, uh, the statement in the thought process is that every great idea that comes need not be funded, nor should it be funded. Um, we, right now, one of the things brought to the table is uh, we received $45 million, and they're starting to put some initiatives, bringing some extra counselors in, um, uh, developing a few other things. My proposal would be, instead of bringing counselors in, which I think counselors are very important, but instead of bringing them in, that looks like a reactive uh, stance to me. I'm thinking more of a proactive stance. So move in front of some of these issues, the, uh, the, the, the turmoil in some of our schools, the turmoil on our streets, the opioid crisis, uh, other crime problems that we're, we're experiencing here in New Hanover County. So fund more law enforcement and be a little more proactive. So here he's talking about the county's efforts to combat community violence. And it sounds like and it sounds like he wants to take counselors out of the schools and instead put more law enforcement in the streets. That's right. You also asked him about development, specifically the controversial Battleship Point building that has been proposed for the western bank of the Cape Fear River. That's one of the discussions that's uh, currently heated and contentious. Um, as far as development, I guess my feelings are and my belief is if they want to do it, if if there's enough money, I've been to Dubai, I can see and I've seen where they've actually built neighborhoods, cities, in oceans. So they can do that on the other side. They have the technology to do that at what cost. And that's why my feelings are we need to be engaged now so that we can go ahead and control what we want to see over there. Do we want to see an eight, nine story uh, uh, condominium or hotel? And if that's not what you want to see, then you need to be engaged at this point and we can control what we see over there on the other side. But the bottom line is, I think eventually there will be development over there. We just need to go ahead and control that destiny. Is there a way that you'd like to see it controlled? Is there a height cap? Uh, what do you mean by high cap? Like a cap on how tall the buildings can be, anything like that? 
Oh, as far as control, I, yeah, I don't want to see anything uh, of that magnitude, but as far as uh, what I'd like to see, probably something along the lines of a mixed use. We also asked Herrera about the Chemors contamination in the Cape Fear. I'm realizing we gave him a number of river-related questions. So on this point, he talked about the commercials that have been playing in our community in recent months. But again, we need to go, be to, go to the transparency. Okay, what are you doing? Right now, we still, there, there's still some ambiguity on just what will the, the long-term effects be on these chemicals. So we need to engage with Camores right now and try to find out, okay, what are they doing to mitigate? I know they're starting to uh, do build a wall and a few other things, but they have not come to us and, and really proven what they're doing and what, they're, or what the action for what they already have done, uh, how they're going to go ahead and address that. So right now they are in the process of stopping what they're doing, but we, we just need to make sure that they're held accountable for that and be engaged once again. This is another of those audience questions, which is inevitably difficult for a candidate to answer because there isn't a clear power that county commissioners can exercise to stop chemors from polluting the river. But Herrera did get across the point that he's been following the most recent developments on this issue, and he's aware of the permits chemors is asking for to limit more of its pollution. Okay, so here's his closing statement. This evening, we focused a lot on the negative. However, not a single one in here, myself included, is going to leave New Hanover County because it is still the best county in North Carolina, and we all know that. So what do we do to fix that? Well, what I think that I bring to the table, or what I know I bring to the table, is my, I have a master's degree in strategic studies. That in and of itself isn't important, but what is important and what does uniquely qualify me is 30 years of planning, 30 years of being in positions of leadership, 30 years of prioritizing, 30 years of making tough decisions, building plans, building them and then following them through through execution. And, of course, he asked for citizens' votes. All right, on to the next. Rob Zappel is an incumbent Democrat on the county commission who has served since 2014. And just a disclosure notice here, Rob is also on the board of WHQR. That fact does not impact our coverage. Okay, here's Zappel's opening statement. Some of the issues that are important to me are managing our growth. Some would say explosive growth. I say it's terrific growth. We have to find the way to manage it and still make sure that we maintain our quality of life. And that deals with land, issue, land use issues, making sure that we preserve open space while we make smart decisions on how we can create the housing and the businesses for these people who are moving in. Also, a well-funded, high-performing education system. That is the backbone to it. And I'm talking from pre-K all the way up to community college. We've got to make those investments, and that's what we're, we have been doing and will continue to do. Also, funding our policies that will help support our small businesses as well as our nonprofits and cultural and arts community and resources. Because Zappel is an incumbent, we could ask him specific questions about his record, including his vote earlier this week against putting a quarter-cent sales tax for transit on the ballot in November. Two, I've been very vocal about in support of it. What I'm really in support of is doing something to fix our transportation systems, and that's everything from WAVE uh, all the way through bike and trail, as well as the uh, rail realignment project that we're talking about. What's key behind this is that we need the support of our business community, and our Chamber of Commerce. They do not have enough time between now and November to put together a promotional as well as educational, educational program to our community to bring everybody along. 
I want this quarter cent sales tax to pass, but we need the help of the chamber and all of those uh, other, you know, those, uh, the business community out there before we do it. So that's why I held back on moving that resolution forward. He also explicitly said during the county commission meeting that he wanted to delay that sales tax vote until after the election in November. And similarly, he voted down the $50 million affordable housing bond that was set to go on the November ballot as well, although he did find $15 million in the county budget to spend over the next five years. So that's $3 million a year. We asked Zappel a lot about spending in the budget, including his plans for next year. Careful listeners will recall that Zappel voted against last summer's tax increase, which Julia Olson-Bozeman wanted to use to raise teacher pay. We have five commissioners, and uh, I was outvoted uh, three to two and we chose to raise taxes by five cents. I'm delighted that we're now looking at the ability, and some of this goes to one of the questions that was brought here a little bit earlier, uh, the amount of growth that we've had and our sales tax. And we're outperforming each month by almost a million dollars in sales tax. People are buying a lot of stuff, which is good news uh, for all of us. So that's how we can afford to take a look at that budget and drop it by as much as a penny, penny and a half, and uh, start to get down to... uh, This past year, with five cents increase, uh, we took $24 million from the taxpayers. I want to look forward to a point where we are not taking that kind of money and still be able to deliver the quality of services that we do here in New Hanover County. I'd say that overall, Zappel is trying to show himself to be a candidate who is careful with taxpayer money and doesn't want to ask for more from taxpayers than they're already paying. And that's been clear in his votes against the affordable housing bond and against the sales tax for transit. And it's something he's trying to showcase with this answer about the coming budget. That was also the case when we asked him about education spending, because he was clear that he wanted to keep the per-pupil supplement from the county at 3434 rather than giving the district uh, an increase using county funds. So I, I'm hoping that the school board will take a hard look at their existing funds and so they can make the 3434 work for them this year and still be able to get all the initiatives done. I believe the money is there for them to be able to do that. Now, Zappel's been joined by other commissioners, including Deb Hayes, in suggesting that the school district use millions in as-of-yet-untouched federal COVID relief funds to kind of bridge the gap for the next couple of years. Further in the future, Zappel didn't want to go into as much detail. We asked him about what he'll do with the budget during the next revaluation in three years, and he called it hypothetical. Uh, I certainly can't commit to something that is three years in advance right now, uh, nor can we commit a, a commission that we don't know what it will look like uh, three years from now. So it, um, I do know that during the periods of reevaluation, uh, there is more flexibility that is afforded to county commissioners as to where they want to put targeted revenue and to make some of those large lifts uh, that is often put in front of us. In terms of those large lifts, he mentioned community violence and education spending specifically. And in his closing statement, he took time to address the food desert in Wilmington's north side. There is excellent news. Uh, your new Hanover County has got sick and tired of hearing this about uh, this information about uh, a food desert and everybody kicking that can left, right, down the road, etc. We have uh, put forward of our ARP money $2.8 million. There will be a new grocery store, a full-size grocery store, on the corner of 10th and Fanning Street, Uh, on the north side. It'll be fully functioning because we care about our citizens in in New Hanover County, and we're going to make that happen. And, of course, he asked those at the forum to get out and vote, for him specifically. (laughs) Okay, next up is Harry Knight. He's a Republican running for county commission. In his opening statements, he emphasized his education and his bona fides, especially his work with the commercial nuclear fuel industry. 
when I was the environmental health and safety manager for GE Nuclear Fuel right here in Wilmington, I managed an organization in three countries and two continents that has a larger budget and more personnel than New Hanover County has. I have the practical experience to navigate complex and at most times conflicting rules and regulations to get things done. I did this well enough to retire early from that career. His campaign website focuses on his and his family's educational background. He went to West Virginia University for his mechanical engineering degree, and now he's a real estate broker. We asked him about his opposition to last year's property tax increase. Okay, and I have to do a quick editor's note here so I don't get any angry emails from the county. What happened last year wasn't technically a tax increase. The tax rate actually went down from 47.5 cents to 42.5 cents for every $100 of assessed value. But because the county had just reassessed property values with a 33% increase in value, the bottom line was higher tax bills for the vast majority of homeowners in New Hanover County. That's right. And the increase meant a 15.5% increase to the county's budget, about 40% of which went to the county's schools to increase teacher pay. That's a policy that Chair Julie Olson Bozeman takes pride in, as we'll hear about in her section. But at the time of that decision, Harry Knight opposed the increase. So let's see what he said about that. Yeah, that's right. I did speak out against the property tax increase that we had last year. Um, And you can tell by the budget that's occurring this year, we're already talking about lowering your property taxes, which is a good thing. And with what I've been advocating to do for over the last year, um, what you should understand, though, is we are actually increasing not only teachers pay, but city and county workers and other staff because of the economy that we have today. We have to to be competitive. So what that tells you is if we have the funds available this year to increase our expenses from all of those various line items, mainly salaries, and cut our taxes, you didn't need to raise our taxes last year to begin with. The actions that were taken right now today prove I was right then. Most of the county commissioners are talking about at least a penny decrease to the tax rate for this year's budget, but it's not clear yet what that will do to revenues. I do know that with new developments cropping up in the county all the time, the overall tax base of the county has probably increased. So I'm not sure if they'll be raising the pay while staying revenue neutral. The county will formally review a draft budget on May 16th, but it's not publicly available quite yet. Okay, on to another tax. This is the proposed transit sales tax that the commission just voted to put on the ballot in November. The sales tax would add a quarter of one cent to every dollar spent in New Hanover, in New Hanover County, and that excludes gas, medicine, and food. And it would fund bike and pedestrian infrastructure, wave transit, and rail realignment. That's the long-term plan to move the railroad across the river so it stops blocking traffic all around Wilmington. Harry Knight has come out against this quarter-cent sales tax, so we asked him to explain why. Yeah, and I've been against the quarter-cent sales tax increase. Um, Basically, it's going to the three projects that you you described. As far as WAVE goes, um, we just hired a new WAVE director, and we have a new WAVE board. Um, We need to give them the time to figure out how to make that system work. The system we currently have today is, is not designed for a city like Wilmington or New Hanover County, in my opinion. It looks more like a New York City you know, style bus operation. We have $600,000 buses running around with 10 people on them. Absolute waste of money. So once we realign that system and give that new director and new board a chance to get it to work for us, then maybe we should look at doing some additional funding or changing the funding scheme. But they're financially solvent for at least the next two years. 
So we ought to give them at least the next year to get their own act together before we talk about increasing funding. As a former New Yorker, I'm not sure I would call WAVE's system quite up to the New York level, but, but I digress. It is true that WAVE is fiscally solvent for the next couple of years because of some federal funding they received, but they will hit a fiscal cliff after that point. It is true that WAVE is set for this coming year, but the following year, they'll potentially face upwards of a 20% reduction in the budget, with things getting worse every subsequent year until 2028. WAVE would certainly hit that fiscal cliff without this funding because it would take until 2024 for a tax like this to appear on the ballot if it hadn't come up this year. Knight is pretty clear about his overall opinion on tax hikes in general. Here's what he said when he was asked if he'd give himself a raise as a county commissioner. Nope, nada. Not if you're raising taxes. We also asked him about the Cape Fear Memorial Bridge, which needs to be replaced soon. Okay, so the Cape Fear Memorial Bridge... Um, is a, got about 10 years from an engineering standpoint before it becomes unusable from my engineering background. So we need to start today um, with our legislature, with some of our county funds, with a partnership with Brunswick, maybe some other private money to get options, designs, and plans in place because that will take a number of years. If we were able to do that in about three or four years and then start a construction right after that, you would just make it. So it's, uh, it's a problem that needs to be solved today, but it's going to take a partnership of a number of things to get it done. For background, the bridge replacement is on the docket for NCDOT, but it's currently not funded. NCDOT is over-budgeted by about $12 billion and can't find resources for every project, or even for every extremely important project. NCDOT actually brought forward the option of a toll bridge, but the local planning organization shot that down pretty quickly and currently wants to explore all options. Although we should note, a toll bridge is still technically on the table in the future. That's true. Uh, Let's get to Knight's closing statements. He again mentioned his technical background and his qualifications. I bring three decades of successful, real business management to run the county. Um, After I retired early, I got into politics because I I looked around and went, well, if you don't get into this game and play, you're going to get played by it. I'm in this race because I think it's time that, you know, successful, hardworking, blue and white collar citizens take the priority in New Hanover County and not special interest. That's it for Harry Knight for now. All right. Well, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will have more from this week's town hall featuring candidates in the primary election for the new Hanover County Board of Commissioners. You're listening to The Newsroom. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Newsroom. I'm Ben Schockman here with Kelly Knoyer, and we're recapping this week's Town Hall, which we hosted with WECT and Port City Daily, talking to the candidates in the primary election for the new Hanover County Board of Commissioners. Up next is Leanne Pierce. She's a Republican running for county commissioner, and she probably has the most political experience out of any of the Republican candidates, thanks to her time as a council member and then mayor of Carolina Beach. And I own a hotel. I'm a small business owner. I own a hotel down in Carolina Beach for the last 27 years. We have 62 rooms and 15 employees. So I understand what it's like to be a small business owner in this county. And I just want to say when I was mayor of Carolina Beach, we had a balanced budget, increased our fund balances, we put sand on our beaches, and we were voted the fourth safest city in the state of North Carolina. And I'll bring that same, those same skills to New Hanover County. Because Pierce is a former elected official, we asked her about her record as well. 
Specifically, we asked about Carolina Beach's troubled lake dredging project. Uh, if you followed coverage, you know that that did not go smoothly. Pierce said two things about this. One, that it was a town manager issue, not a council issue. And that the council had managed to keep its cool and eventually sort it out. And she pointed out that the town decided to dump the dredging material nearby, specifically to save money, rather than paying to haul the material across Snow's Cut Bridge. That was definitely her nod towards the idea of fiscal responsibility with taxpayer dollars. To your uh, question about how would you manage that in New Hanover County, I think you have to have a really close watch on whoever's managing your projects. Speaking of projects, let's talk about public-private partnerships like Project Grace, the county's planned replacement of the library and museum downtown. These partnerships typically involve a private developer working with government to build something, and that's the case for Project Grace and for the new county government building. We asked Leanne Pierce what she thought of the idea of public-private partnerships. So Project Grace is interesting. Um, I don't know a lot of details on that. I have been to several presentations, and it's a, it's a beautiful project as presented, but I, I am kind of interested in the $90 million that the county is still going to provide over the next 20 years for that project. So I would assume it's going to be a, a really nice-looking uh, museum and library for New Hanover County. It should be. So that would be my question is, you know, where why does that additional money have to be put in and what does that go towards? But um, I think for the most part, yes, you still have to you still have to partner with those companies. But I would question the additional expenditures. The 90 million dollars she's talking about is over 20 years of lease payments from the county to the developer Zimmerman Development Company. And last year, I found through my reporting that the county could have saved around $24 million by building the project itself and borrowing money at the then-low interest rates that local governments can get. There are other cases where she feels a bit differently about giving county money to private businesses, like with the $2 million in economic incentives that brought about 1,000 well-paying jobs to the county earlier this year. Well, first of all, I think that is a case-by-case situation, but uh, overall, I would say yes. Um, I, I do agree with the incentives that were given to bring the jobs to New Hanover County. That's something I'm very passionate about is uh, economic drivers in New Hanover County and higher paying jobs for our citizens. Um, I think that government should govern itself. It should not do the things that other experts can do in the private sector. So partnering with private uh, companies and with a public-private partnership a lot of times can be a way to um, do things without the government being directly involved in controlling it, but having the expertise of a private company. So, yes. Those incentives were voted in unanimously by the current commission. And when we asked Pierce about her views on how to protect renters from rising rents in the area, she mentioned these kinds of incentives again and pointed out that state law bars local governments from implementing rent control other than in subsidized housing. We also asked her about the hospital sales endowment. That's the one and a quarter billion dollar endowment that will eventually put $50 million a year into the community. She pointed out that it makes sense that some of the board's sessions have been closed, comparing it to closed sessions for governmental real estate transactions. But she said their votes would be public afterwards. Is that true, Ben? Well, after a lot of pressure from local media and the intervention of North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein, the community endowment did add some transparency measures, including two annual public meetings and transparency around grant criteria and the actual making of grants. The meetings of the endowment board are still going to be private and closed, though, so there aren't meeting minutes that you could review in the way you could for a a city council or a county commission meeting. So we don't necessarily ever get to see their votes. That's the kind of transparency reporters like us really want. Well, let's see what else she said about the endowment board. I believe that um, we have to have some faith in 
the board that has been appointed over this money. I think there's a lot of things that uh, can be done to better New Hanover County with the money, and it can be a great future for the citizens and for our children moving forth, forward with this money that we're going to have. So um, I think um, it, we have to be transparent and put everything out there, but I do understand why some of the meetings were closed like they were. For her closing statement, Pierce focused on her experience as a mayor in the county she's hoping to join the board of. I bring a unique set of skills to the county commissioner, having been a mayor in a municipality here in New Hanover County. I know what it's like, what kind of time it takes out of your business life and your family life. You know, um, I can go to work on the first day on the county commissioner. I've served on county boards. I understand the bureaucracy and how the government works. I'll bring a unique perspective, having been a beach town mayor to the county commissioners, those expertise of knowing the coastal issues and how to resolve them. I've sat in a room with Matsu and, uh, and the Army Corps of Engineers and NCDOT and our state and our federal uh, partners, and I've built consensus amongst them and made things happen for our citizens. I want to do that in New Hanover County. I'm a consensus builder. I'll make sure that all the municipalities, the county commissioners, our school board, and our citizens all have a seat at the table to solve the issues that we have in New Hanover County, to make this the best place for all of us and work as a team amongst each other. All right, on to the next candidate. Democrat Julia Olson Bozeman is one of our incumbents on county commission, currently serving as chair. That allowed her to focus on her record when it came to her opening statements. Last year, I fought to get teacher pay to number one in the state. Last week, brought in discount airlines, brought in thousands of jobs and have many more to announce. So what you get with me is a commitment to economic development, a commitment to our children, a commitment to our seniors, and to our thriving tourist economy. She did manage to bring teacher pay up significantly during last year's budget cycle by raising taxes. This year, she has vowed to lower property taxes and has suggested possibly wanting to go further. But we had to ask her a tough question about her record in campaign finance reporting and as an attorney. Historically, she has failed to cross her T's and dot her I's with campaign finance reports, some of which were never filed, and she ultimately racked up $2,300 in fines from the State Board of Election. Recently, she addressed those mistakes, but there's still an active investigation by both the State Bar Association and the SBI into her alleged misconduct as an attorney prior to her retirement. All of that ultimately led to fellow Democrat Rob Zappel telling a constituent in an email that she should, quote, be nowhere near public office. So in short, there's been questions about her ethics. That's what I asked her about at the forum. Your ethics have been called into question by state agencies as well as by a fellow commissioner, largely because of investigations by state agencies alleging financial wrongdoing. How do you respond to these allegations of unethical behavior? For that question, um, my treasurer died in September of last year. She had dementia. Her name was Millie. Since I was elected to the commission, I did not have not raised any money or spent any money. And I certainly apologize for that oversight. But these violations or reports that were missing, zero that have filed on my own because no one, I could not get anyone to help me do this. Zero brought in, zero out. Zero brought in, zero out. I, I agree. I think it's probably unethical for me not to raise some money because I've been doing this so I can get reelected. But I mean, the rest of it, I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. This was probably one of the most tense moments of the evening since Julia was sitting right next to Rob. An audience member actually wanted us to ask about the interactions that they've had recently. 
You said Rob Zappel lost your vote. Is there anything he can do to win it back? And if so, what? I've already voted. Not much more to say about that, I suppose. Right. Uh, So let's get to some of the big policy decisions she's made in the past year or so. The chair spearheaded the teacher pay raise and also tried to get some of the hospital sale money opened up for a new community violence initiative, Port City United. We've been wondering what that $350 million from the hospital sale could be used for. Now that the other commissioners have put it back under lock and key, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And just to be clear, this is separate from the endowment. This is the money that the county itself got, uh, and it's just in county coffers. So since Julie Olson Bozeman has seemed the most keen to open up that funding, we decided to ask her what she would do with it. Well, if I had my way, it would be to the current budget, they're proposing a one cent tax decrease. If I had my way, it'd be using some of that money and decreasing the taxes five cents. I believe, I believe I'm the only commissioner that wants to go back down to revenue neutral. You know, everyone's talked about it up here. I'm willing to do it. So the first thing I would like to see done with, is that. Um, We are currently using a lot of the money and interest to help with the community violence initiative so that we, the the money that's, it's not just the school shooting, the one at Hanover, it's the the violence in the streets is spilling over into the schools. So we've done some really innovative things with uh, Port City United and they are violence interrupters who are going into the schools, uh, are going into the community to stop it before it happens. and for emergencies. I mean, it's there if there's hurricanes, it's, it's there if there's pandemics, it's, it, it's there if we need it. If a hurricane comes in and wipes out a couple of schools, then we have the money to take care of it. So it seems like she would use money from the hospital sale to prop up the general fund? That's what it sounds like. That and to deal with community violence and emergencies. Right now, the money is in a lockbox for use in emergencies, which is a bit of what she referenced at the end there. Speaking of emergencies, we asked Bozeman about her view on what to do about the mold crisis in the Wilmington Housing Authority. This was based on a question from a listener. As a reminder, more than 100 families are currently displaced from their homes and living in hotels or apartments because of mold contamination. So in answering this question, the chair mentioned attending a meeting about this topic with some HUD officials. We're all rallying together to to try and and help these people, even though it's not a, a county problem. The housing authority and, and this, it is our citizens and it is, it is a county problem and we are doing everything we can. To be fair, she is right that WHA falls outside the purview of the county. And at the same time, the families affected are New Hanover County residents. In her closing statement, Olson Bozeman pointed to her record and said she'd vote for Leanne Pierce if she were a Republican. Thank you so much. I'm telling you, if I was a Republican, I'd be voting for you. <laughs> that was beautiful. I'm Julia Bozeman and... I have had the privilege of serving for almost 14 years. Hello, Avello. We got low-cost discount airfares to New Hanover County to ILM. We have raised teacher pay to number one. I think we're number two or number three right now. Trying to lower the property tax rate even more. Out of 100 counties, we are the 10th lowest. 10th lowest in property tax rates. And we're trying to lower it more because money needs to be back in the hands of the citizens. Affordable housing, lower the property tax rates. I'm Julia Olson Bozeman, I ask for your vote. Quick note on the airline she mentioned, Avello is a discount airline that announced new direct flights from ILM to Orlando, New Haven, Baltimore, and DC last month. The county commission doesn't have direct say in this deal, but it does appoint the airport authority board, and Bozeman is the commission member appointed to that board. All right, let's talk about the next candidate. 
Travis Robinson is a Democrat. He's a retired law enforcement officer with the county sheriff's office, and he's the only Democrat running who isn't currently on the commission. And he did run for this seat once before. So I decided in 2020 to run for the Office of County Commissioner. I got about 5,000 votes that time. So I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and try it again because in order to make a change, you got to be willing to make that commitment. When I was growing up, I understood that there was uh, two major parties mostly, and there was differences in those parties. And the most important thing is reaching across the aisle to the different folks in the parties and get things done for you, the citizens. I'm going to have honesty, transparency, and accountability in, in my dealings with all folks that I deal with. And hopefully at the end of this calendar year, I'll be one of your sitting commissioners. And I look forward to serving you. And thank you for being here this evening. All of the Republicans who are running are vying for seats currently occupied by Democrats. So Robinson's run is kind of unique in that he's a challenger up against two incumbents in the primary. That's why I asked him to explain what he'd do better than his fellow Democrats who are currently in office. That's a really good question. I'm hoping that my experience in local government as a law enforcement officer and as an administrator of the sheriff's office, for 16 years of my time at the sheriff's office, I was a lieutenant above. I handled budgets and things like that. And I, I reached out and I, I networked with city council folks and government folks, knowing by their first name. So I'm thinking the relationships and the first name basis and the phone numbers in my phone, the understandings and the honesty and the handshakes and those kind of things of talking about issues, listening to what they say, and then making the decision based on all that stuff put together and figuring out what's the best decision for the circumstances in which we're involved in at that time. I'm hoping that my law enforcement experience and career, my desire to serve uh, citizens, and hopefully I'll be one of the two Democrats that go forward to the general election and hopefully become a sitting commissioner. Now, Robinson has been really careful not to endorse one Democrat or the other. That's, and actually, the Democratic Party hasn't laid out a preference either. They just say they support all the candidates. The two incumbents fought somewhat publicly, but they haven't endorsed Robinson either. I also asked him a bit about his economic vision for the county. Some of the things we need to do is attract some more industry and uh, trade jobs and apprenticeships to be able to give people the ability to get the training to replace folks who may be retiring. Um, such as HVAC technicians, electrical linemen, plumbers, and that type of uh, trades. Because if you own a house or you rent a house, there's things that go on to where you need to call someone out to fix things. So as time goes on, you want to make sure that people can afford the opportunity to have those services. Um, people come out and fix things. In order to do that, with Cape Trade Community College, Millamont College, the apprenticeships, the film industry incentives, Try to get people trained, licensed, certified, or educated to do those different types of things. Robinson also spoke to the economic incentives the county paid for earlier this year. That was $1.9 million given to four companies whose identities were concealed so that they would bring over 1,000 well-paying jobs to New Hanover County. I think the most important thing is during the negotiations on talking about the incentives is talk about what we get from it the guarantee of a certain amount of uh, employment for local folks with a variety of, of rates of pay to make sure that it's conditional according to the law on how those things are to be talked about and approved and also to make sure that they have an educational program to reach out and get people to apply and be qualified for those decent paying jobs and to hold them accountable based on the, the wording and the way the law allows us to do that. 
We asked Robinson about Battleship Point as well. That's the proposed development across the river. Right now, the developers are hoping the county will change its regulations to allow a more than 200-foot-tall building on that land. Robinson said he's not convinced that's the right thing to do. Um, I'm for development, but I believe that the battleship itself currently uh, needs to be the, the vision of what people see across the river. And as time goes on, if we're convinced by the education studies and those kind of things on what type of development that needs to occur, that we can address it at that point. For his closing statement, Robinson also focused on the Northside Food Co-op and the coming grocery store there. He's mentioned that he's put his own money into the co-op as a member and that he's glad to see the county now funding it. But I applaud the commissioners for the ARP money and all those things like that to help make it reality. I'm a Democrat on the ballot. It's me, Rob, and Julia. I ask that you vote for two. I'm not going to ask you to vote for anybody other than me, but the simple fact is I'm here in, you know, of my own interest and my own desire and will to serve. I promise that I'll be accountable. I won't be coming up every couple years to ask for your vote to get reelected. If I'm elected, you'll see me throughout the year doing things in the community because that's what your representative is supposed to do. He also mentioned that he's been doing research to prepare for the role. I don't have the magic answer to a lot of things. It's, it's, it's something else with a lot of education, a lot of research. You've got to know a, lot of, a little bit about a lot of things. And I'm trying my best to do that. I actually got the economic mobility plan that just came out, and the combined land use plan. I've been studying that stuff, okay. trying to make sure that I knew a little bit about uh, what I can do to help serve you better. All right. Well, that's it from Travis Robinson for now. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will have more from this week's town hall featuring candidates in the primary election for the new Hanover County Board of Commissioners. You're listening to The Newsroom. Stay with us. WHQR News Director Ben Schachman here with reporter Kelly Kinoyer, and we're recapping this week's town hall for candidates in the primary election for the New Hanover County Board of Commissioners. Okay, Kelly, let's get back into it. Who's next? Okay, next candidate. Tom Toby is a former firefighter running as a Republican candidate for New Hanover County Commission, and he's a lifelong resident of the area. His opening statements largely focused on his 26-year firefighting career, and he also expressed concern about where the county is heading. After everything started happening here in New Hanover County and seeing the direction that our county has been going in, I got to the point where I just saw a lot of stuff that was out of order. Our house is out of order and our county is out of balance. And my goal is to work to get our house back in order and get our county back in balance get our boards back in balance and cooperating with each other, and to make sure that we all are working for the betterment of New Hanover County. If you didn't watch the video for this, I can just say that Julia shot Toby a withering stare while he was saying this. In any case, what he appears to be referencing is related to the COVID pandemic. Initially, he said in his campaign that his first act as commissioner would be taking down the COVID state of emergency. Now, the county has already done that, as of last week, so Port City Daily's Alexandria Sands asked him what his first act would be now. Fortunately, over 700 days later, they finally saw fit to lift the emergency order that we've been under that has been unnecessary from the very beginning. As you can hear, there were a number of Tom Toby supporters in the audience that night, 
And throughout the night, he typically got the most applause of any candidate. Yeah, I saw a number of people leaving with Toby who had been in the crowd, and a few of them actually left his campaign materials on the table as they left. So his first act as commissioner will be the shift in policies around the state of emergency in the county. Periodically, we need these states of emergency to cover very specific things, but they don't need to be undefined and open-ended that are allowed to continue to go on and on and on without being reevaluated and relooked at with any discernible timetable. We also asked him about the big question of development in New Hanover County because his campaign website said he'd like to lower the number of housing units a developer can build on a specific plot of land. Yes, lowering density. That is, uh, we are continuing to build apartments everywhere. And that is something that, A, nobody here in New Hanover County wants. Everybody that I've talked to is against anymore. The city council saying they're looking at approving more projects. There's another project up in Porter's Neck right now that has just been approved that none of the residents want. We need to start bringing our densities back down to high density. We are the second smallest county in the state of North Carolina. Unfortunately, we're a very, very popular county. A lot of people want to live here. We live in one of the greatest places on the East Coast. And it's a supply and demand type of situation that we're in. But limiting the densities is going to help bring down our growth and bring down the stress on our infrastructure. Our infrastructure is way, way out of balance with the folks that we have moving here. Every one of our high schools is overcrowded. I think Laney is at 2,700 students. Ashley is at 2,300 students. We need more high schools right now just to accommodate the people that we have, let alone any more moving in. So I want to be sure that um, everybody is very, very clear. I am not against growth. I'm not against construction. I'm not against development. But we need to be smarter and bring our growth and development back into balance with our area and our infrastructure to make sure that we can sustain that here in New Hanover County. Toby also spoke to the issue of public safety and community violence. And he said he was opposed to the county's recent decision to create Port City United. We need to have some more funding put into our sheriff's department. Our gang uh, task force needs to be funded a little bit better. Yeah, we have we just created a whole new department in the county to deal with violence. We have a department in the county that does deals with violence. It's called the New Hanover County Sheriff's Department. We should be taking that funding that we just used in this in this whole new department that we created, put that in the sheriff's department and let them deal with it. They're the professionals, and they know what they're doing. He also said he supports the proposed pay bump for first responders and public servants. In fact, he considered it overdue, calling it back pay. And for his closing statements, Toby brought it back to his service as a firefighter and pulled out a blackened helmet from a bag. This is my duty helmet from when I was a firefighter here in the city of Wilmington, New Hanover County. And if you'll come up and look at this helmet and look at the condition it's in, you'll see that it took a lot of heat. I'm not afraid of the heat. I'm not afraid of a height, a fight. This helmet got in this condition with me in it. It is a testament to my service to the citizens of New Hanover County. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what part of town you're in. When the call came in, I went. Running for county commissioner now is just an extension of my service to my community. I'm not a politician. Politicians are worried about elections. I'm worried about our next generations, and I would appreciate your vote. All right, that's it for the candidate overviews. Time for the speed round. Yes, I decided when crafting this event that we should have every candidate answer the same question at some point. 
And because polling shows that housing affordability is top of mind for the vast majority of residents, that's what we landed on. Okay, here's the question we asked each candidate. If you are elected, how will you use your time in office to address the affordable housing crisis affecting New Hanover County? Okay, so let's go through some of the highlights from the candidates, and we'll start with Leanne Pierce. There is more of a demand for housing than there is supply. So we have to look at um, what good projects that we can bring into New Hanover County to help with uh, more supply for the demand. We also need to bring more well-paying jobs into New Hanover County so that our citizens can afford the high rents and the high uh, property values that it takes to purchase here. So if we continue to bring economic development and smart properties to New Hanover County, then we can address, start to address that housing issue. Commissioner Julia Olson Bozeman also pointed to raising wages as a solution for housing affordability, along with other recent county actions. We have allocated $15 million over the next three years. That certainly is not enough. We hope to be able to leverage that with the foundation and other business and other partners in our community. We recently raised the pay for our first responders, 911, uh, fire and rescue, and the sheriff's deputies to make it more affordable for them to live here. And this upcoming budget, we're going to raise everybody's pay over 8%. And Zappel also mentioned the county's $15 million investment over the next five years, which he spearheaded. We're also hiring a staff of four different people who will focus on affordable housing at New, New, at New Hanover County. It'll be their job to find those um, projects or those initiatives that will deliver the most units uh, to get us out of this affordable housing crisis. Those are projects like paying for water and sewer infrastructure for developments with affordable housing or public-private partnerships. That's similar to what Harry Knight said, and he highlighted that it is a supply and demand problem. We need to continue to use private um, public partnerships to do things like incentivize the installation of uh, utilities and other infrastructure so that you lower the cost for our builders so that they can build homes at affordable prices so that our working class citizens can actually afford to buy and live here. And here's what Democratic rival Travis Robinson said. Make sure that the developers are, are building the houses and the apartments and using the uh, private water systems, picking up private water systems and getting away from the, the septic tanks because it's, it makes for a better environmental um, opportunity for, for people to live and in, in the communities to where that um, the number of apartments and number of houses that will be out there will be based on what those developers, um, based on incentives and grants, be able to do uh, for us. Joe Herrera reiterated some of the points of the other candidates, like bringing in well-paying jobs. But he also mentioned more direct support for low-income residents, as well as ongoing initiatives to build affordable homes. We're talking about a broad spectrum of definition when you talk uh, affordable housing, anything from rent assistance, mortgage assistance, utility assistance. And there are some initiatives right now, Eden Village, Starway, Habitat for Humanity, that they are trying to address some of that. Uh, my personal feeling also is that you need to have, going back on one of the things we talked about earlier, is there needs to be a public-private collaboration in order to drive uh, the, the supply and demand, kind of close that gap right there. And finally, Tom Toby suggested the county shouldn't be involved with housing affordability at all. So this is going to be kind of an unpopular opinion, and if it is, I'm sorry, but the county government doesn't necessarily need to be involved in housing. When we get talking about affordable housing, you're talking about one of two different things, either subsidized housing or subsidized construction. 
So you need to define what you're talking about first when you're talking about affordable housing. He also suggested the hospital sale money that currently belongs to the endowment should be used to lower property taxes. Why can we not invest that? Our hospital was sold without our permission to begin with. So why can we not take the profits from that sale, invest that, lower everybody in New Hanover County's property taxes, and make it a little bit more affordable for the rank and file and everybody here in New Hanover County that way? I got to add, I think the cat is at least partially out of the bag on that one. The county commission gave $1.25 billion from the hospital sale money away to a private foundation, and they legally can't get that back anymore. Now, there is still that $350 million from the sale that the county does have, but that'll take a supermajority of at least four commissioners to tap into, so whatever it gets spent on, it's probably going to be a fight. That is true. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of the Newsroom. I hope that it was helpful for all of you in filling out your ballots. We want to thank Michael Pratz, John Evans, and the team from WECT, Alexandria Sands and Shea Carver from Port City Daily, and of course, the candidates. Without all of them donating their time, this event would not have been possible. Also thanks to Cape Fear Community College for allowing us to use their excellent auditorium at Union Station. And of course, thanks to our WHQR technical team, Ken Campbell and Jonathan Furnell. And a note, one-stop voting is now open and we'll have details on the show page about how to vote in the primaries. And primary election day is Tuesday, May 17th. If you missed any part of this program, you can find it at whqr.org. And you can also find it as a podcast pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. If you have thoughts or comments about today's program or ideas for a future show, email us at newsroom at whqr.org. I'm Kelly Knoyer. And I'm Ben Shockman. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next edition of The Newsroom. <laughs>